Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Do five years of this and be a millionaire and go on do what I want to do, have kids, go live my chip and joy in a game life out here in Texas or struggle for next week. The choice is yours. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance <laughs> Podcast. Your boy, David Bellard, checking in one-fourth for the Black Wealth Renaissance with my co-host, fellas. What's good? What's popping? It's your boy, Jalen, checking in, man. How y'all doing? What's good, Jalen? It's your boy, Kelly, checking in. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Jared, checking in. What's good with y'all boys, man? How y'all doing? Yeah, bro. Chilling, man. Saturday. I'll check trying to get it, man. Per usual. I, I check <laughs> Yes, sir. But, uh, man, we back at it again. Got another great episode we're about to bring to you guys. Uh, we can't wait to get into it, man. We got a special brother on the episode, man. Got a young brother out of Chicago, 25-year-old. Yeah, he created a app that you may have heard of in the before a stock simulating that we actually talked about it on an episode of the podcast we just released with terry called rapunzel yeah mr miles gage miles how you doing bro man i'm i'm good i can't complain you know saturday chilling i'm in chicago it's real cold out here but i'm inside so you know everything <laughs> is everything <laughs> man, that's all that matter bro right right we appreciate you for coming on to the show man thank you for coming on you know about to give some good gems and really Bless the audience. Uh, we're going to get into it. Oh. 
can you just tell the audience, you know, introduce them to who you are, but also tell them the process, kind of, you know, how'd you get started and the process that it took for you to get where you're at right now? Yeah, I mean, okay, all right. So we could do it. Okay, so I'll give do the intro. So as they mentioned, I'm Miles Gage. I am the co-founder of Rapunzel Investments. Rapunzel is a mobile application that allows users to simulate stock portfolios. And what I mean by that is we give each user $10,000 fictional dollars to buy and sell publicly traded companies in a transparent community. And it's really geared towards individuals that are curious about the world of investing, but A, don't know where to begin, or B, apprehensive about putting actual money in the market. And the reason that we call it a Rapunzel is often people view the world of investing and the returns of Wall Street as something that's inaccessible to most people, especially people of color, because it's something that's not discussed a lot in our homes. So we're essentially rolling down that hair and providing equitable access to financial markets. And how I got there, I mean, it's a very interesting story. It had a really interesting upbringing. But basically, I went to a public school on the south side of Chicago. It was called Aerial Community Academy. It was founded by John Rogers, who's the CEO of the largest minority-owned asset management firm, Aerial Investments, and former Secretary of Education, Arnie Duncan, who felt that in addition to the, to the basic subjects of math, science, English, history, people need to be learning about personal finance because regardless of what field you study or what you major in in college, the objective is to get a job, right? And so when you get out of job, you need to know what to do with it. However, if you haven't had these basic personal finance classes, you don't know what to do. And that's the case with most people. People don't really know like how to take charge of their personal finances. Yeah, savings is great, but People don't understand the way in which you truly build wealth is through investing and being active in the stock market. And so I was able to learn that early on in elementary school, and I, and I really understood the power of investing. And I started managing my own portfolio of stocks when I was 12 years old in sixth grade. And to make a long story short, I ended up entering an essay competition hosted by the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, in which I had to write an essay about how I plan to finance my college tuition with the main point being liquidating a portfolio of stocks. So the judges weren't expecting the 14-year-old to be talking about stock portfolio, let alone a 14-year-old from the South Side of Chicago. So as a result of that, this was a great look for Ariel, and I got all this coverage and went on television and newspapers. And one of my prizes was a, a full-ride scholarship to go to a private school in, in um, Chicago, University of Chicago Lab School. And how this all makes sense is, the first person that I ended up meeting at lab is Brian Curcio, who I eventually went on to found Rapunzel with in 2016. But we essentially connected over our love for the stock market, amongst other things. But we were both 14-year-old investors, and we would often have these heated discussions about like what was going on. And to like put things into perspective, this is 2008. This is like in the midst of the global recession and the economy just kind of you know, going crazy. And a lot of people were really afraid and fearful what was going on with, with financial markets because the stocks prices were going down. But us, we really understood that markets, there are market cycles. So there are times in which the economy is expanding and it's growing, which means stock prices are rising and there are times of contraction when it's doing the exact opposite. So us understanding that 
what was going on in the economy was a result of the global housing market, we knew that it was impacting other industries that had nothing to do with it. So it's like, all right, well, why is the technology space down 20%? And that just really made us think like, okay, this is an opportunity. This, the magnitude of this event is impacting other industries. However, at the end of the day, these companies or these industries are still good, but it's a good buying opportunity. But that's a side note. Um, and so as we became friends, we remained friends, we would do internships in college and reconvene during summer breaks and talk about like what we were doing. And then we just realized like the people that we worked for, they talked about stocks all the time. And then we're like, why aren't we having these conversations with young people? We look to our friends when it comes to clothes, when it comes to movies, when it comes to music, but we don't talk about personal finance. And we think that that's something that's critical and we need to be having these discussions. So we were just like, all right, well, how do we make this cool? How do we make this accessible? And what we ended up realizing is there weren't that many engaging tools that allow people to interact with the stock market. Sure, you have the stock market game that's simulated, but it's so dated and antiquated and it's not fun. So like, why don't we make like a social media hybrid type of platform and we'll allow people to experience markets, see what their returns or losses would be if they made those trades in real life. And we'll host competitions on the platform and give scholarship prizes and cash prizes. So that way you're incentivizing students to get involved because they know like, hey, I could win a scholarship and I don't got to write an essay. But at the same time, they're also learning and they're educating themselves too. So this came about in 2016, which to be exact, it was July of 2016, which was two months after I graduated from U of I, University of Illinois uh, in Champaign, in which I studied finance. And so, I mean, you go to school to get a job. So I already had a job lined up when I graduated. I was a banker, a commercial real estate banker. But my partner and I, we came up with this idea. I'm like, this is cool. Like, this is great. So simultaneously, like, while I'm starting my career in banking, I'm also brainstorming and trying to develop an app. And so the question was, like, how did you even get there? How did you do it? And to be honest, it was, I mean, it was the interesting process in the sense that, all right, we had an idea, we had a concept. And so what we did was we first, we started drawing screens. Then we put together like a pitch deck and a business model of like what Rapunzel would be. And then after that, we went and we talked to family members and we convinced them to give us some money <laughs> to, to go and develop it. And so how we found this developer. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. My partner was friends with, with a computer science techie guy at, at Amherst College. And so he connected us with a platform or a company in Canada, and they essentially built out the beta for us, or that's the, like the prototype. And so that was probably in, that started happening in November of 2016. And we got the beta in the app store, or essentially the prototype in the app store in April of 2017. And that's kind of how that went. And all while this is happening, like I said, I'm still working full time and I'm trying to figure this out. So we get that going, and I would say that, April, so this is April 2017, it's, it's there. 
And then in the summer of 2017, we started talking to the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. And basically, we ended up joining their Money Smart Week committee. So mind you, I told you I wrote the essay competition back in 2008, the Money Smart Kid contest. Now it's, it's let's say it's July of 2017. So we had this idea. I had this idea. I'm like, what if we created some type of event to like commemorate me winning this competition 10 years ago. And so we pitched the idea to the Money Smart Week committee. We're like, yo, y'all do this essay competition for middle schoolers, but you don't do anything for high school students. Like, what's up? Like, this is the time when people have more disposable income and they start forming really poor habits as it pertains to their money. And so they were like, all right, well, that's cool. Uh, If you guys go get a prize for it. So they signed off on it. Then we went, talked to John Rogers at Ariel and they sponsored a competition for $10,000. So mind you, I said we raised some money back in 2017 to get the development. So we matched that $10,000, and then we had $20,000 in scholarship prizes. So after that, we were like, cool, like, we good. We got the Fed backing us. We got a, a, a corporate sponsor, a marquee corporate sponsor, Chicago. It's going to be easy from here. We're going we to get the students wrong <laughs> it was like like wrong we, we like chicago, i mean the chicago public school teachers just ended their strike yesterday uh, so working with this system is really challenging but and we thought that there was going to be a top-down approach in which we could talk to the the head people in charge and tell them hey we've got a scholarship for twenty thousand dollars do you want to disseminate it to the schools in chicago and cricket so basically what we had to do, we took things into our own hands in the sense that we literally reached out to all the individual schools in Chicago, emailed them, and often we wouldn't get a response. And you would think that if you're telling people, like, we got money for your students, they would share it and invite us with open arms. That was not the case. It felt that we almost had to kick doors down to just get into school and tell people about scholarships. That's crazy. And so, Right. And we literally would, we drove around the school, like, I'm sorry, we drove around the city to different schools on a daily basis and we'd literally be like knocking on doors, talking to counselors, dropping papers to get meetings. Um, but that was, it worked. And so basically we ended up getting 2,000 students on uh, the app in April of 2018 to participate in this contest. And to break things down a little bit more, Chicago, as we were talking a little bit earlier, Chicago is a very polarized city in the sense that there are schools that have a lot of resources, abundant of resources, and there are schools that are very underserved and don't have that many resources. And if we're trying to get this competition to everyone, we're like, how do we, how do we keep students engaged from lower income areas when they know they're going up against students from higher income areas that may already be investing in the stock market? So what we did was we essentially bifurcated the, the prizes. And what I mean by that was we earmarked $8,000 for a citywide competition. Now, those are grand prizes. So it was first place, $5,000, second place, $2,000, third place, $1,000. But basically, any student in the city of Chicago could compete for, those, for the grand prizes, right? And then we had the remaining $12,000 was split evenly amongst all the schools that had over 25 participants. So that way, it's like, look, you just learned what a stock was 15 minutes ago. I just learned what a stock was 15 minutes ago. Look, we both in the same boat. So I feel that my chances of winning on a school-wide level are, are the same as yours versus if those students were competing against 
other individuals from schools that have more resources and they've been investing since they were six years old. They're like, oh man, we don't stand a chance. <laughs> Them kids from the North side been doing this. So like, why would I do that? So we had to like kind of look in like read between those lines. I understand that those were challenges that we would probably face and what students would be thinking. But to make a long story short, our grand prize winner actually came from an alternative school on the West side of Chicago. Um, had a really compelling story dropped out of school when she was in seventh grade and would like go to the library every day for three days straight before being adopted by one of the administrators of her alternative school. And if any of the users don't know what an alternative school is, these are schools for students that don't necessarily fit the mold. The traditional public schools had challenges, behavioral, academic, whatever it may be, and they go here. But this young lady was, was like, she was a star. She just had a very difficult upbringing, but she was able to overcome that. But she won our citywide competition. She won $5,000. And she wasn't necessarily on track to go to college, but this money allowed her to go continue her education. She got a MacBook computer, and she interned at a financial services firm last summer. So for me, this is 2018 at this time. So we're about, we're about a year and a half deep. So this is like a really, I'm just, I'm blown away and I'm taken back. So I'm like, all right, this is bigger than me at this point because this is why we did it but to have this story the first like first out the gate i'm like i gotta get out the bank i really want to do this this makes sense i'm we can make a difference we're figuring it out but nonetheless you know we can do something there so that's kind of like the story of like rapunzel i mean i I know i just like kind of went on a tangent um but that was that's kind of how we got from concept to 2018 and from like there in 2018 we didn't expand it to around the country so, yeah. That's, dope. Hey, that's that's really like dope though. Like <laughs> just the way it started and everything. And the very first thing you said, man, that's what I want to get into. How did you fall in love with the stock market in elementary school, bro? Like I don't know too many people that's doing that in elementary school. Like you uh-huh. I've seen I've heard about aerial investment. Like in the areas right. I've seen the videos. They have the kids, they teach them that there. But how do they engage all in that stuff? Yeah, like, yo, it's so crazy because um, really what did it for me, so Ariel, they give each each class is given $20,000 of real money to start managing in the sixth grade. Whoa. Like, real money, right? Oh, so that Right, right, right. So that's, that's dope in itself. But really what did it for us was we used to have speakers come to our school. We used to have, like, billionaires come to our school because of the affiliation with John Rogers. So for me, I'm like, okay, this is different, you know? Like, typically in, in, the, in the black African-American community, the people that we see that are successful are entertainment, like musicians, basketball players. We don't necessarily see executives in finance. And yeah. so we got, to inter- we got to interact with these people in elementary school. So, we, so, you know, you got George Lucas, founder, creator of Star Wars coming in, Joe Mansueto, the creator of Morningstar, and they're talking to us you know, some black kids from the South side of Chicago and telling you, you can do this. That like was inspiring for me. And I'm like, okay, these people have B's. These are M's. These are B's. Like it's different. And so that was like, all right, this is really how you, you do it. And so at the same time, while I'm at school at home, like my parents had made poor financial mistakes. So like our financial or our situation was different. And then we moved to like Bronzeville and the South side, like a not as nice area that I was accustomed to, like from growing up from first or growing up from like when I was born at 13. 
so that for me, I was like, I need to like change my, you know, my situation. And I'm like, this is the, this is the way to do it. And so I locked in because I'm like, this is how I build wealth. I, I never want to be in the situation that I'm currently in. Uh, they're very traumatic, very like, you know, eye opening, but it was just very, it made me very hungry. And I'm interacting with these people. So for me, that's what I see. Like, that's how I get out of my circumstance. Like that other stuff is cool, but these are the people that are really checking in. And these are the people that are really making decisions. So that's how I got into it. And I'm like, all right, this, I'm going to start investing now. And for the longest, I thought I was going to be a hedge fund manager because I'm looking at the articles of Vanity Fair in 04. I'm like, these guys are bringing home like a hundred million a year. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I want to do that, whatever. But then as I intern, like in college, I'm like, I don't want to do that. And I realized the way that you really build wealth in addition to investing is like by creating your own thing, like creating your own business. And that's, that was my inspiration too. But to your point, like how did I get into it? It was literally going to that school and interacting with those people. And so in addition to that, each year we would go to the McDonald's annual shareholder meeting in Oak Brook, uh, which is a suburb of Chicago. And how we were able to do that is because John Rogers is on the board of directors of McDonald's. And so one of his requests was like, hey, can we bring the, a handful of students from my school to the shareholder meeting? So we got to go to the shareholders meeting. The CEO of McDonald's would come and speak to us afterwards. We would get a tour of the campus and interact with all these senior people. So to your point, I think engagement is the key thing. That experiential learning, seeing people doing it, seeing people actually benefiting from it, that's what did it for me. That's how I got into it and really why I got passionate about it. And I saw what it did for me. And I'm like, hey, maybe this will be the case for other people of color or people that look like me. And that's why I wanted to start doing this. Hey, man, that's beautiful for real, bro. Like, Because I, I wasn't familiar with the aerial school, so I didn't really know what it uh -huh. was. Yeah, man, that's, right. that's amazing that they even offered yeah. it. Like, I didn't even know that that was happening, bro. Yeah. Crazy. That's some yeah. nice little shit right yeah. there. Yeah, I swear. Like, man, he was like in... And so this, I really think of Rapunzel's really paying it forward because Ariel, the school is a small school. Like you can only so many students can go there. But if we want to have the same impact, like how do you scale? How do you reach the masses? It's, it's through technology. It's through apps. Young people are hooked on their phones. They can't put them down for more than 10 minutes. So if we want to do it, that's how we're doing it. And that was kind of my mentality. So I attribute all of that. To, to my elementary school and to those experiences, those very impressionable experiences at an early age. Now, I, I, they're truly invaluable. I, I just couldn't even imagine not going there or, or what my life would have been had I not gone there. Yeah, well, that's amazing, bro, that it had that effect on you. Yeah, I got a question. So, yep. Miles, I'm yep. wondering, with creating the app, right, we, we, you touched right. on it, like how it went. Like you sent it off to people in Canada, they made it. But could you, like, you get like a little deep dive into that process? Because I know it wasn't just all butterflies and roses building an app. Oh, no, 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 not at all. That was, man, that shit was crazy, honestly. <laughs> One, mind you, like I said, it's in Canada. So we already got a border separation here. So you're not interacting with these people face to face. And you're hoping that they can bring your vision to reality. So one, they're setting deadlines that they not reaching. They're building out interfaces that don't look like what it was in your head. It's all of this different stuff. So there's like all of this communication. But you're at their mercy because we couldn't build it. We didn't have the wherewithal to build like the back end development. So we needed that. But it was tough. And on top of that, app development is super expensive. Mm -hmm. And 
given what I've done, every like a lot of people come to me and they're like, yo, how do I start an app? Like, I want to do this. And I'm like, well, it's expensive. But the, the first thing that you can do is find a technical co-founder. And what I mean by that is you want somebody that is proficient in code and can actually build something for you. Because when you're actually going down the line, when you're actually going down the road and you're doing the road shows, you're trying to get money. No one's going to give you money if your technology isn't in-house, if that's like not all, you know, under your, under your umbrella, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And so I encourage people to look, look at schools that have computer science programs, start putting like ads on college campuses and these different programs to, to find that talent and really start cultivating it. Cause that's the key thing. And you don't need money to do that. You need to be able to sell your vision. You need to be able to sell your idea and get somebody on board and somebody that's trustworthy that you believe and want to share this with and build it with. So like, that's the key thing. But like I said, when, when it came to us doing this with, with the party in Canada, it was not all roses and butterflies at all, but that's what we had to do. We had to suck it up and, and they got it out to us and it was cool. Um, and then from that point, we then hired an in-house CTO to come, to come, you know, make it all proprietary, make it all our stuff and to go from there. But that's how we initially did it. And yeah. And can you, so uh, you spoke about how you had some, some troubles with the design of it uh, as far as the app. Can you go more in detail of uh, how you handled those situations where you had, you had a and, uh, of what the app should look like and then give you something that, that was nowhere near your vision. No, no, and yeah, no, that's, a, that's such a great question. Like, how do you correct when it doesn't go the way you do? As humans, as people, we react. Then we, you know, you get emotional. You're hot, you're mad, right? But at the same time, you're paying these people and, they, and they're trying to build something for you. So what you have to do is you really got to step back and be patient and then think about like, okay, they didn't do this. They're late. They're not on schedule. But me popping off at them and cursing them out is not going to make the situation better. Um, and so really what you have to do is you really have to, like, take a step back and just talk to them and be like, hey, thank you guys for doing this. We appreciate it because people love that positive reinforcement. And that's one of those things as far as, like, when it comes to people management. So it's really just, like, telling them and explaining to them, like, this is not it. But if you're building something, you want it to be how it is. So at the same time, while you want to be respectful and whatnot, you definitely got to communicate and tell them that this isn't it because they don't know that's not what you want. You know, you are only you and you're only in your head. And you only know what you want to design. And that person is interpreting what they think it is. So if you're not clear, concise, and tell those, how will they know? So I think that communication is the key for that and, and really being able to, to take a step back and breathe and not really getting too emotional with it and understanding that people are human people make errors people make mistakes and you and you handle it after how it goes after that yeah and i i have one more question like with the app uh-huh. so uh-huh. getting it into the app store did they handle that or was that something you had oh, to look no. for do? we we did and getting an app into the app store is not just like easy too you have to like submit bills you have to check these boxes the app store will deny it then you got to go resubmit it and do that too but that was all on us but yeah that's what happened and i'm not really i'm not involved with like that whole submission process mm-hmm. so i can't tell you what the day-to-day but like, i talked to my partner about it he was really handling that and was really hands-on with that so i know um what we had to do but i can't tell you like the physical 
you know, like, all right, this is, you send this email here, but yeah, that's, that's what happened. Yeah, most definitely. I just wanted people to know, you know, even if they go through the company, they might still have to submit it themselves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, it's your product, right? So <laughs> it's on you. So if they didn't do it, it's your responsibility to make sure it's done. And then that's that. And again, that ties back to that whole communication piece. If you don't have the wherewithal and the skills to do it yourself, you got to make sure you're checking all your boxes because you want to do it right. You don't want to just rush things. You don't want to just get it done. You want to do it right. That's mm-hmm. the key. Take your time. And you spoke on having like a, a team of people to, to help you out with this. And, and uh-huh. on that, on that mindset of that, because I know a lot of times when we create our own businesses and we have our own visions, it's hard to do a collaboration and people are changing things when it's, it's, you know, you're the one that started with the vision. Uh, yeah. Can you uh-huh. more about that mindset? Yeah. Um, so, again, we have, we all have these visions. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. And sometimes we don't have the capacity to to bring those visions to fruition. Therefore, we have to tap into other people to help us do that. And to that point, I would say your team is everything. And, and you, like I said, you want to be careful. You want to take your time and think about what people make sense to have. But you don't want to just like invite all your friends to come work with you because that's not the case. But you want to think about people that actually offer real value, real value add. And um, that's the key thing. Ooh, that's so yeah. important too, bro. Because it just speaks to an underlying theme we say on the show all the time, you know, just add value. Add value wherever uh-huh. you can. So selecting your team, you definitely got to make sure whoever you got on your team can add value to you. Uh-huh. They have yeah. in the circle. So, so with recruiting, yeah. um, say I'm a new user, right, and I don't know very much about the stock market, and I download Rapunzel. Uh-huh. Does the app walk you through how to buy stocks, and or does it just or, or ways with it how to do that? How to do that? Program? That is a great question. I literally just filmed a demo video last week. We're currently editing that, and we're going to put that on the platform, and it'll walk you through uh, opening up an account with Rapunzel and then making your first trade. But when you download it, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Like, you know, downloading the app and creating an account in this day and age, most people have done that several times. But when you get to the screen, like there's a magnifying glass in the top right hand corner. And that's kind of like your gateway to the app itself. And from there you can search companies. And then once you search the companies, you have the option to click them and then you'll be taken to another window in which you can buy and sell those stocks. So that, like, that's the key thing there. Um, and in addition to this video, we're also breaking down, like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. What should I be thinking of? And the key thing that I always tell people, like, when you're first building your portfolio, you want to be investing in companies that you support and companies that, like, you act, like, you believe in. And what I mean by that is, hey, we all we shop at Walgreens, we eat at McDonald's, we have Apple products, we have AT&T phones. So those are those like staple companies that you want to think of. And specifically, those are often called blue chip companies because those are companies that have been around for decades, if not centuries, and have demonstrated consistent earnings year over year. 
They're titans of industry. They have considerable market share in their respective industries. They're not going anywhere. So what that entails is while you might not make a lot of money because it's not a new company and it's not growing exponentially, you're also not going to lose a lot of money. And but they're growing consistently year over year or they're demonstrating consistent earnings, which you can kind of rely on. And then they often pay dividends, which are essentially tokens of appreciation for investing in the company. So they're like quarterly checks that are given out quarterly, yearly, or however often that the company wants to pay it, but they pay you. It's an, and dividends are really come from earnings. So it's paying the earning or distributing earnings back to the investors or the owners of the company. So those are the things you want to think about, like when you're first starting on the platform itself. Yeah, I definitely yeah. want to look into that dividend investing. I know that's something that we. Oh, have to for sure. Yeah, we people get paid off those. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Hey. And so what I did was I'm literally. So there's a thing called Drip, which is the dividend reinvestment program. So instead of getting or cashing out on those checks, the dividend checks, they're reinvested in the company to buy more stock, right? So you could think of it as free bands because it's like I already bought X amount of shares of this company and now I'm an owner and now I am a recipient of those dividend checks. So instead of me taking those and putting that money in my pocket, I already never saw that money in the first place. So I'm just going to put it back in the company and you're building a bigger position. So it's, and that can be called, you know, for finance people, dollar cost averaging in which you're buying companies for cheaper because you're constantly buying more of it, but that's how you really start making some money and really can start seeing like your positions increasing the size of your portfolio bill is by reinvesting those dividend checks. So I gotta ask, um, what is the yeah. uh, account that you've seen on Funzel? Because well, I know they start with- You said, what is, the, what is the what? What is the biggest amount that you've seen that somebody grow their account on Rapunzel? Um, I've seen, because you know it's like it's funny we're flexible cool but like I, there are a lot of users on the platform now so i don't know everything but i've seen like every user starts off at ten thousand i've seen a couple portfolios in the twenty five thousand thirty thousand dollar range so people are doubling their money in yeah and but the cool thing about it is it's transparent so you can literally see what that person did to do that and then you can kind of backtrack and understand like okay so he bought xyz here their earnings came out, stock price rose, he sold, then he bought this, this, and that. And you know what I'm saying? And you can kind of see the story and understand what did it. You can go do some more homework outside of the app, go research it and be like, oh, that makes sense. They, he, this is a company that just released whatever product it was and they just got FDA approval or whatever and then the share went up. But yeah, stuff like that, I would say. Uh, yeah, I've seen like 25,000 or 30. That's hey, impressive, man. man. Yeah, I love like yeah. the whole movement. I like that it's you know transparent. You can see what other people are doing because now you can pick up different strategies and tips from different people. So that that's beautiful, man. Right. And so it's like right now it's stocks and it's equities, but there's so many different avenues in which we can go. And the bigger vision is when we want people to think finance and think about money management, we want people to think Rapunzel. So while we're just starting here with stocks, like eventually maybe add like futures options, cryptos, um, have tutorials about mortgages and other different asset classes. Like the real, the real like, okay, I want to get money. Like I'm going to go download Rapunzel. Like that's, that's the end objective. How we get there, figuring that out. But that's kind of the bigger picture. We want this to be the one-stop shop when you're thinking about this stuff. And we want it to be trustworthy. And that was the whole thing about 
fictional dollars. Like we want to build trust with young people because there was so much distrust or so much trust lost after 2008. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, I was, uh, I was thinking earlier, you had mentioned that whenever you were doing the Rapunzel, one thing that I really liked about the way y'all are incentivizing it for the kids was that y'all had the money that y'all had. And I wanted to right. ask you about the raising of that capital. Like, what was that process like? Oh, oh. <laughs> this is the fun part. So that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. I ask people for money. Um, but so we were definitely blessed in having the aerial relationship in 2018. But that opened up a lot of doors. And I think because we knocked it out of the park in 2018 and had a compelling story that we were able to get meetings with other financial services firms. And they're like, okay, this is cool. So after that, we talked to an investment firm in LA, Wedbush Securities. And we did a competition for $30,000 out there. Then we worked with Fidelity Investments on the East Coast. The competition for $10,000 out there. So really, it's just like, figuring out what companies or what financial services firms we want to talk to and then identifying the right person and then just, just cultivating those relationships and seeing what they're, what they want to support, what con- like, yeah, what causes they support and how does it fit. And, you know, chances are you're going to hear no a lot. I hear no all the time, but you can't get discouraged because you just got to keep going for it. And there's so many different companies out there that like want to support, want to be involved in the communities are looking for different ways to do it. And this is such a new way. And there's so many people that we haven't talked to yet, but that's kind of how you do that. You tell them the story. They want to have the feel good. They want to know that they're making a difference. They don't necessarily know how to reach students from certain neighborhoods, certain communities, but we can, we're really good at putting proposals together and tailoring it for the company's need. And that's kind of how we go from there. And so just trying to really scale those partnerships going forward in 2020 and beyond. Okay. So say I'm someone who has an app idea of my own that would like to, to run up to some financial services provider and ask them for funding. How would I draft the proposal? How would I begin to draft the proposal? What does that look like? Okay. Well, okay. So, so you already have, so basically how do you get money from a company? Um, so when you're trying to get, dollars from companies typically they don't they don't give money to for-profit entities so you either are a non-profit or you have a 501c3 fiscal agent and for us we have a 501c3 fiscal agent so they have that non-profit status so companies are able to write checks to them and if you know that much what you do after that what we what we started doing was we like to get introduced to the person in CSR, corporate social responsibility. And really what that comes down to is literally assessing your network, looking at people who work in companies, like, hey, can you connect me with this person? So you get connected with that person. You have a meeting with them. You tell them what you're doing, right? And if you can get them on board, it's like, okay, I know what they want. And so then after that, you just put a proposal together. And how you format the proposal, it can vary. But the whole thing is you want to tell your, like, your, the what, why, and who, and how you're going to do things. And so that's basically the image. Like, this is what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're going to do it, and then the cost of it, and then what, which, why, why we want you to be involved with it. And that's going to differentiate from each different company that you want to talk to. But that's like, I would say that's like the key thing um, in which you're trying to get money from corporations, because they don't just write checks to people. It's all, it's pretty much they only support causes that 
that their stakeholder support. So if you can get stakeholder buy-in, then that makes it easier. Because if you're trying to cold, like cold email a company for some bread, they're not going to answer it to you. That's like the key thing is to get that introduction. That's what I've learned over the past like year and a half. And relationships are definitely key. Hey, yeah. And yeah. A, a lot of people don't, I'm going to just give a little hack. A lot of people don't understand like a good way to kind of get those relationships is through LinkedIn because it's such in the early stage, you can get that organic connectivity with people through LinkedIn. You could go through the company page and see who's in what position and just connect with them. And once you have enough connections with people in that certain space, they'll be like, okay, he's credible. He knows all these people. So I'm guessing I'll try to talk to him. So that's a little way. Yeah. So that's a little way. If y'all ever are trying to do something, build you up a LinkedIn. Yeah. No, like you can run it up off LinkedIn, I swear. And often people look, look for the person in charge, like the top dog. You can start with a more junior person because a more junior person is more likely to respond anyway. Because everybody's looking for the person that's in charge. Everybody's asking them. So you got to be strategic in your avenues about pursuit. And that's what we also learned, too. It's like, all right, well, we can start lower on the totem pole and then work our way up and versus, like, top down because the top down is going to be really difficult. And that goes for, like, that goes across the board, whether you're trying to get a job, whether you're trying to do anything. I think you don't necessarily look for the person who's making all the decisions because they're super busy, but maybe look for the second person in charge, the third person, et cetera, et cetera. And then just proceed that way. Oh, most definitely. That's some gems. So a lot of y'all, if y'all listening, y'all just got some valuable information, bro. For real. Yeah. So I had a question pertaining more to Rapunzel. So uh-huh. in its uh, either current or future states, uh, does do you see it going to college campuses? So like with uh, for my senior project, we had to run basically a virtual business. It was a yeah. virtual shoe uh-huh. business that you had to run um, and you got so much money to run it with and then you competed with other members of the class. Do you see Rapunzel becoming part of college campuses or maybe even high school campuses where they are running their own stock portfolio? Yo, like, yes. Like, yeah. Okay. And, and so you heard me talk about 2018 and the challenges that we encountered working with public education. It ain't just Chicago. It's a lot. It's across the country. So we realized it's great to have all this impact here at this level, but it, it'll be a little bit easier to work with college students and college campuses. And so what we're doing right now is um, we're building out a college ambassador program. And like we've identified 50 schools that we want to be, or actually a hundred schools we want to be in by 2020. And so what we're doing is like I mentioned, as we talked about LinkedIn and, and looking at people, what we're doing is we're reaching out to employment engagement officers on respective campuses to understand what clubs are on, what clubs are on campus, and then we're talking to these clubs, and then we're telling them that we're compensating students to promote Rapunzel on the platform, host events, and look for scholarship prizes. And so I mentioned employment engagement officer because employment engagement officer is kind of like the liaison between the student and the companies that recruit. So they can connect you with the student organization, and they can also tell you who are the big recruiters. So for us, as I was mentioning with the whole proposal piece, I'm like, all right, cool. Well, if XYZ company recruits them here, how about we try to go reach out to them and do a proposal because you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competitors, amongst other companies recruiting, and why not like brand or why not sponsor a competition and you're getting your brand out there because people just keep saying that. Like that's what happened with Fidelity on the East Coast. 
So we're able to get like a corporate to sponsor it and then we're able to identify the student organizations and then go from there. So that's kind of like the formula that we're using. We saw it like work um, in the past. So we're trying to replicate that. But like, that's like the key thing. Like we for sure want to be on college campuses because like as much as I want to be and make an impact in high schools. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, you can just go, you can pull up on a college campus and it can go viral. You can figure out, like, how to make it cool and really pop. And especially if you got a school that has 20,000 kids and you get, you get 10% of them. You got, got 2,000 kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can go replicate that. Versus the high school, each school is different. Each, everybody got their own different administrators. So, that's a little bit tough. So we're for sure expanding to the college campuses gotcha. next year. So, I mean, I'll, I'm definitely going to reach out to you guys, too, because I want to, you know. Yeah, bro. We, 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 got, well, we got some things sure. we got to talk about, man. We got some oh, things for we sure. Yeah, we, we'll, do, we'll, touch, we'll touch base offline. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Shit, right after the <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. guys, uh, now we're going to pivot to the last segment of our show. Uh, we okay. do a segment called What's On Your Timeline. It's just a segment Ooh. where advise. We normally ask the guests something that they've seen on social media that they just want to yeah, yeah, talk, talk about. about anything. Man, what's on my timeline? Ooh, what do I see? I see you guys on my timeline right now. <laughs> uh, oh, man. It's, it's tame right now. I guess it's only 4 o'clock. You know, 12 hours might be a little different. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's tame right uh, now. It's tame right now. Man, I don't know. I literally should just go to Freddie Gibbs' story and just go look at something over there. Yeah, I'm going to just do that. Wow, you Let's must have Freddie what... Gibbs, man. Oh, well, hey. I mean, duh. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> Best rap album of 2019. Please, oh, please yeah. at me. That's the only song I know. I don't even know. Yeah. Hey, I've been fooling with my boy Gibbs with over for a minute. Oh, for, for sure, yeah. I literally – No, like, he he had a um, – I remember how I first, like, got on. It was, like, in 20, 2010. He did a show in Chicago at Mad Decent. And he, he's from Gary. Bro, this man had, like, about 30 – like, it was about 30 people on the stage with him. And I'm just like, who are these uh people? <laughs> so, I mean, I just, like, really – you know, um, so I like after that, I'm like, oh, this dude's hilarious. Dang, I don't, man, my timeline is like, I don't want to do some like lame shit. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is weak. Uh, oh, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do this. This Jason Tatum game winner shot yesterday. We'll okay. talk about that. I didn't even see it. Was it, I ain't even been working out with Toby. I ain't even working out with Toby. I bet if it was fine, I'm about to pull up. Tell, it's, 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 on, it's on House of Highlights. House of Highlights. You want me to message it to you? Ooh, that was a nice shot. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. been working out with Kobe. That's literally like, that's all Kobe right there. Ooh. Ooh. Actually, Kobe, Kobe has this camp, <laughs> man. Kobe's got this camp where he's been training a lot of these guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like 25 bands in or something. Yeah, Markel Fultz. Yeah. Like, but you got some people that's like, they're going to, but 
Who else? I, I wouldn't mind learning from Kobe, bro. Yeah, no, that's a, oh, that's I mean, who would? Like, <laughs> no, I ain't gonna start from Kobe. Just tell me what I could do, man. You only like the best player in the game. Like, I don't know. I don't want none of that. But yeah. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, man. That was a no, good yeah, no, but to that point, I would just say, like, NBA season this year is, like, it's, like, it's so exciting. I can't remember the last time that you've, you've been seeing, like, this level of basketball, like, from every team, from the Eastern Conference, Western Conference. It's just really exciting again. And, yeah. I mean, the, young, the, the young guys, they're going crazy. Like, it's super dope. Yeah, it took some time. It was born for a It did, bit. man. It was born. I was tired of seeing go to State. I don't want to see that, man. Yeah, they That's got not even fun. stuff right now, man. Yeah. But you're right, man. Yeah. Like, even from last season, I think it kind of started last season with this crazy-ish, like, the way they play. The started to yeah. catch up last year. Yeah, like, last year. But yeah. now, this year, it, I've, I've been seeing some highlights. Like, damn. This year so, like, Trey Young was going crazy For one real? night. Yeah, bro. I ain't watching basketball until football season over. <laughs> man, you, you, all right, all right, whatever, whatever. All right, we go, we gonna let you live. But all right. in February, y'all holler. You missed some good games. Hey, this, this was the highlights, man. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, yeah. Shit. Well, yeah, Miles, bro. We appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, man. You dropped. No, thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. You dropped a lot of gems, man. Thank you for what you're doing with the Rapunzel app for the community oh, for sure. and for the kids. For real, bro. That's like, that's amazing. Just keep it up. Yeah, you're truly an inspiration to us. And I know probably the listeners. So could you please let them know where they can find out more about you or where they can find Rapunzel to download it? Look, you Plug can download in. Rapunzel. Rapunzel is in the app store. R-A-P-U-N-Z-L. You can follow us on Instagram at Rapunzel Investments. You can follow me on Instagram at MBEngage, G-A-G-E. And, like, again, thank you guys for having me. I think what you are doing and bringing awareness to all the great people of color that are doing stuff right now is amazing. And we need more positive outlets because it is inspirational. And people often don't know what other folks are doing. And I think it's great to see that and to have a community and a network in which we can all rely on and share our stories and get us out there. So thank you again. Uh, no problem, appreciate you, We bro. appreciate that for real. Yeah. So yeah, 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 before we wrap up, we're gonna get into a couple of little housekeeping items. Uh, okay. First and foremost, everybody, y'all make sure y'all follow us on all social medias. Yeah. Instagram at Black Wolf Renaissance, Twitter at BWR underscore movement. Facebook, Black Wolf Renaissance. We got a TikTok, Black Wolf Renaissance. LinkedIn. We, on LinkedIn. we everywhere. We everywhere. Just look at everywhere. Up. Black Wolf go, Renaissance. Go, go, go follow. Google. Check in. Y'all, t- y'all t- t- actually type in Black Wolf Renaissance on just about anything. Y'all go find something. Yeah, you can, you can just go Google it. You know, it's a great, great tool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Google this, man. We Soon we're going to take over Google, too. But look, man, <laughs> keep on rocking with us. We definitely appreciate everybody, y'all. Um, the podcast is yeah, going podcast. crazy. We've been getting major love. Uh, also, if you're a new listener, we thank you for coming on. We hope that you keep on rocking with us. If you're an old listener, been rocking with us since the day one, we thank you for that. Uh, y'all go to our website, go check out some of those calculators that we have, get you some of those resources in. Uh, we got the fall merch on sale. It's really hot, like it's some heat. Oh man, y'all just keep on going. Yeah, I gotta go order one of them hoodies. The hoodies are hard. I'm gonna yeah, tell you, you that. Hey, we're gonna no, take care. Yeah, you ain't got it. Yeah, we're gonna we, take care. All right, bro. Yeah, I oh, appreciate that. I need every color of them things. Yes, sir. 
<laughs> You're officially a renaissance man, bro. Uh, Word. Appreciate that. No problem. Also, if you're a realtor, go sign up for our realtor directory, CPA lawyers. We got all of those directories going up. So y'all definitely, if y'all trying to get y'all uh, talents and y'all services out to people in yeah, your community. Yeah, a little more exposure yeah. on a nationwide platform. That's what we, we set out to do. We're here to connect the culture and normalize Black wealth. For sure, man. Uh, it should be it, normal. It's going to be normal, man. It's going to be normal. We're doing this. What, what, that's what time it is. Hell yeah. What time it is. Like, you mean like... Oh, no, you said that's that. what time oh. it is. <laughs> that's, what, that's what time it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our time, yeah. And the last thing we got for y'all is our Patreon. Uh, we actually just got a new patron. Our man, Alex, just subscribed as a patron. It was real dope. Appreciate you hopping on, bro. Uh, y'all, Patreon is our... It's another way to interact with us. It's a, port, a platform in which you can get our content early and just interact with us in different ways so that you can support Black Oil Friends House in the podcast. We've been doing this a real grassroots thing. We're trying to go all across the nation and really, really connect the culture in ways that we can't do over the internet. Yeah. So if y'all want to join, it starts at a dollar. Uh, we have several different packages. Kelly, what's that link? That is patreon.com slash T-H-E-B-W-R. That's patreon.com slash T-H-E-B-W-R. Yes, yeah. sir. On point all the time, all the time. Well, guys, with that being said, this is Black Wolf Renaissance signing out. Peace. Unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is broad money marathon. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot. Unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com code health. Crowd health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply. With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But crowd health puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. 
That's joincrowdhealth.com code health. Crowd Health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.